Comments made on the Serotalk Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Serotech Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Triple Click Home. Welcome to Triple Click Home, Episode 29, the post-April Fool's edition. I'm Jamie Pauls in the driver's seat this time around, and joining me is Ms. Alina Roberts. Hi, Alina. Howdy. How's Oregon these days? Actually, I am currently presiding in Washington most of the time. Okay. But it's just over the border, so it's about the same. It's actually unseasonably warm right now. Mm. It's 85 degrees, and in Oregon and Washington, we don't believe in air conditioning. So, I'm uh, roasting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm from Missouri, and I do believe in air conditioning, actually. <laughs> How's yeah. student teaching going these days? Student teaching is exciting and exhausting and really good. And we're really glad you were actually able to yes. join us because I know you have got to be worn out. But thank you for being yeah, here. Thank you for having me. Also joining us is another familiar face, pun intended. A very familiar voice, Mr. John Panarese. John, how's it going? All right. How are you doing? Doing okay. You sound kind of mellow tonight, kind of laid back. A little tired, long yeah. week. It's only Tuesday and I feel like it should be Friday. <laughs> Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> I'm right there with you, John. Could we just like just skip Wednesday, move Thursday, time? Friday? <laughs> yeah. And finally, being the flexible Serotech team member, Serotalk person that she is, Miss Lisa Salinger is sitting in for the ailing Mr. Buddy Brennan. Lisa, how are you? I am doing okay. It has been an interesting day trying to be Buddy. I got to prognosticate a lot because people would call with technical difficulties and I would prognosticate a cure to the problem. And sometimes I was right. Other times. Yeah. So you guys, you were pretending to be the car talk yeah, guys yeah. in exactly. some situations. Yeah, but you see, you're better than Buddy if you got it right sometimes, you know. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Known for not, not doing so. Man, yes. John, he's not even here to <laughs> See, I could get away with that. Ha, ha, ha. Keep the audience listening for the June episode when Buddy responds to said criticism. Yes, well, actually, revenge. he takes pride in his... Uh, lack of abilities to be accurate except he's been doing a little better here lately so he's about to yeah a little scary actually it is well speaking of prognosticating people get paid really good money to do that and about why are none of us doing (laughs) that exactly about half our show is based on these uh, well-paid prognostications here it's like the Leading weathermen. Leading up to WWDC. Mm-hmm. They right. get paid yeah. when they're right and paid I when know, they're and wrong. they get really well paid, and they're usually wrong. Yeah, they usually are. But we'll see how right or wrong these people are about iOS 8 and OS 10, which we will probably hear something about at WWDC the first week in June. And, of course, we'll come back, and hopefully the default triple-click team configuration will be here. I'll be able to just kind of wear my producer hat and Mr. Derek Lane, who's also with us tonight, will continue as audio engineer, but uh, we'll have Buddy back in the driver's seat again. But um, in the meantime, what are they uh, predicting, guys and gals? What are they saying is going to happen here? A lot about iOS, but not yeah. much about Mac OS. Lots and lots about <laughs> iOS. We've uh we have a lot more information. In fact, the what's going to come for the Mac side is pretty much zilch. Other than interface changes, there's talks of yeah, yeah, maybe some interface changes, 
maybe an integration of Siri. And I'll tell you, having Siri on my Mac would be kind of I'd cool. have fun with yeah. that. And everything yeah. has fancy yeah, code names. For sure. Oh, doesn't yeah. it, though? Right. But one thing that really stood out to me about this article was not so much what they thought was coming, but how confidently they said it. This is what we know. And now I would never feel this way, but my evil twin hopes that they're dead wrong, you know, just because (laughs) they're so full of themselves. This is what we know. And I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, so you're bending Tim Cook's ear or something. Although I think a lot of what they're saying is based on logic. I mean, they're talking about health. I think the integration of transit mm-hmm. into right. maps That's been is rumored for very quite likely. A while. And from my perspective, it better be integrated because I'm getting a little frustrated <laughs> with the lack of integration. Well, they have to do something because it was so right. bad initially. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this is something where they could really gain some credibility. Well, and they're based in Silicon Valley where public transit is pretty right. huge. Yeah. And to not have access from the actual app itself is just kind of ridiculous to me. Yeah. The only cautionary note about the transit is I think it says certain cities are selective cities. So it makes it sound to me that there's still going to be in the need for third party <sighs> applications for, right. you know, if you're in like, you know, a smaller quote unquote non-populated city or whatever you want to call it. Well, and it. some towns actually mm-hmm. do have apps that are very usable And some towns don't. I mean, that's just the reality. I found an app recently that was recommended to me called Transit Times. And for $3, it was like, okay, well, at least now I can get access to my bus route information without fussing with a website that's not really screen reader friendly. So it's kind of interesting, and we'll see what happens. I also think the health book thing is pretty much in the bank. That's another thing that's been rumored for you know Mm -hmm. a lot of talk about that. Right. I can almost picture them not calling it health book, though, because it's gotten so much press. Right. I, I just don't know. I mean. Yeah, I'm sure they'll call it something But, else. I mean, it, it does seem obvious that something like that is on the way. Well, and what did you guys think about this whole emergency thing? I, for one, would like to have a way for an emergency room doctor or paramedics to actually have access to pertinent information in case my wallet isn't on yeah, me. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And, you know, especially if you have people who have specific medical problems. Right. You know, to have that information right on the phone that a, that a paramedic can get access to is it would probably save time, save even save lives. Right. I thought it sounded great. And then about two seconds later, I got a serious case of the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> because... Well, seriously. Okay, first of all, I must admit, I just read a book. I would recommend it to anyone. It's by Robin Cook, and it's called Cell. Oh, I love him. Yeah. He's great. Well, the last two or three of his books, I've kind of gotten eh, disenchanted. They were okay, yeah. but they weren't his earlier style. Best. This was more his earlier uh-huh. style. And he addresses a lot of the, you know, cell phone meets man at his most deranged meets implantable technologies, etc. But my first thought was, wow, this is cool. It's all in one area. This is great. Goodbye, medic alert. You know, it's been nice knowing you folks. But then I thought, okay, so if I can't speak for myself, this would have to be accessed without a password. So correct. I set my phone down and I come back and 
maybe someone who I don't want to know to have that information has picked up my phone and is going through my information. Or maybe my information is not staying on my phone and it is being transmitted via the cloud direct to the hands of the eagerly waiting insurance companies or potential employers. I love Lisa's doomsday scenario. <laughs> well, she's got valid points. It's Buddy's points. fault. I know that we need to Let's play Let's blame it all on Buddy. It's actually an article that I didn't put in the show notes. In fact, I was going to, and I felt uh-huh. like we were running a bit long, but it actually talks about that very thing is that a lot of these health apps are selling your data and it's awesome and terrifying right. all at the same time. Oh, I read that. Yeah. Okay. I read that. It is. It's like, that was really cool because they were talking about like, if you are using a biking mm-hmm. app mm-hmm. to track mm-hmm. miles that you've cycled, that information could be aggregated and sold to developers. Right. So right. that they could learn where people biked or where to maybe put pedestrian paths. I mean, I think there's always a lighter and a darker side to most of this. Right. But I mean, as popular as iPhones are to have one place where you would have that emergency information, and I would be happy with one standard place where you could put your name and your phone number and a contact name and phone number. Right. But to have my whole life story on my phone, I mean, I have my prescription list on a thumb drive and I hand it to the person at the doctor's office so they can print it out or copy it on my computer. Uh And I think, you know, I really liked it better when I just printed it out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not that it couldn't still get copied, but it made me feel better. (laughs) That's just it. Like, there's a part of me that says that if I'm in a situation where emergency services is working with me and I either don't have my wallet on me or I'm not able to communicate, it's really a difficult challenge to make that call. Because on the one hand, I think I do want to have that information available so that they can access it yeah. in a way that's going to be usable for them. On the other hand, I see where you're going. I guess I'm terrible because I really want to think the best of people, even though human beings demonstrate to me over and over again that I shouldn't. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. You know we're sunk before we even start. Oh, yeah. Because they pick up your phone or they pick up my phone. And they're not going to be saying, oh, this person has a life-threatening condition. They're going to be saying, I can't make it. Stop talking. <laughs> this thing's talking. What do so, I can't? Why, why, I can't, why can't I get it? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell you Come what, on. if my paramedic sounds Tapping like that, though, I'm getting it out. Ain't working. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, you're not taking me to the hospital. Call somebody else. <laughs> yeah. For their training, paramedics should be taught to turn voiceover off. triple click home there you go so if you guys had like one wish for ios 8 for accessibility do you know what it would be are you satisfied right now because that was of course not mentioned i wish siri would truly be fixed now to be fair i'm using (laughs) iphone 4s and my ipad air works somewhat better but i do wish Uh there was a time when i felt like it would do anything i wanted it to do and right. now I just assume it's going to take me two tries. Yep. So. Okay. Lisa, what about you? Oh, I'm demure. I don't have an opinion about anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I would really like to have voiceover, have the ability to speak faster and or yes. to substitute different voices. Because okay. I'm not a voice snob. 
The regular voice is fine. But, for example, I jokingly say I'm now in love with a guy named James. I got the James voice for the yeah. Voice Dream app. Mm-hmm. Right. And it is so real sounding. Yes, it is. That when it makes a mistake, I think, what's wrong with you, stupid? You know? <laughs> but the, the really nice thing is if I'm out and there's a lot of background noise, that voice is a little lower and it cuts through the general din. Oh, yeah. And I right. can understand and I'm not shoving the ear pod six inches into my ear trying to hear what it's saying. Right, because knowing that you're losing right uh, hearing cells in the process, because yeah, it's so yeah, bad. yeah, that. <laughs> How about you, John? I'm kind of more voice selection would probably be really the thing that comes to mind. Okay. No offense to what's her name, Susan Bennett Samantha. or whatever her name oh, is, Susan Bennett. Yeah, yeah, the one who recorded Samantha. But uh, something different would be nice. You he know? went to New Yorker. Yes. <laughs> Somebody actually um, told me that I should record the next voices for the eye devices. I'm like, no, thank you. There you go. Face it, you're just jealous because we don't have the witch voice for iOS like they do for Android now. Oh, yes, <laughs> I'm very jealous. <laughs> have you heard that? No. No? That is a scream. It's a train wreck. <laughs> it is a scream. I will have to, I guess, put a link to it in the show notes. It's an audio boo uh-huh. that Jam and Jerry did and... Uh, it is, it's pretty funny, actually. It is a real voice, I guess. Yeah, the company's name is Voxygen. I feel sorry for the person that recorded the samples for that thing. Yeah, yeah. real. Uh, for a witch voice? Yeah. 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 It's wow. To hear the witch reading your weather, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm definitely with Lisa. I would really like, in some instances, for me to be able to have it go faster because there are times when I feel like I am kind of slogging through things, but that's, you know, my own desires for things to go faster in life in general. I think we should have Siri and voiceover integration, you know, the way it was in iOS 6. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, the voice that you'll expect to hear, you know, the speed at which it will say what Good it's going to say. Good point, and I, I, I totally am with you. So, like, yeah. you can send this novel-length text message now, or let me spend three years reading it to you, versus say, oh, I don't know. I can send this novel-length text message now, or get to the point and read it really fast so you can move on with life. <laughs> Right. right. I even missed the blessed clicks that we used to have while it was waiting. At least I knew what it was doing. It was right. thinking. Oh, yeah. I don't miss the clicking you don't at miss all. The clicking. I really don't. Mm. Look on the bright side. At least it's not the dunk, dunk, dunk of talk back. Sorry, right. I didn't say that. Maybe oh. we should edit that out. <laughs> now, Lisa no, does totally use an Android device. I want to make that perfectly clear to all of our listeners. She is an Android user as well as an iOS That's user. That's right. No, no, no. I have a tablet. I wouldn't okay. call myself an Android, Android user. No, no. Okay. All right. My Android tablet needs to have startup music because when I start mine, it should probably play if I had a hammer. On it. <laughs> it and I haven't really made peace in the same way I have with the iPhone, but oh. we're, we're working on it. Okay. Well, at least, yes. Yeah. Actually, I'm one of those people who has my keyboard clicks all turned off unless oh, I'm okay. typing a password. Gotcha. Because the new ones really annoy me. So it's too much noise. So I don't know. We also need better Braille support, but that's yeah, going to either that's come a or serious yeah. need right there. Yep. So are we all depressed by uh, Apple's latest uh, quarterly numbers? Is this a good thing, a bad thing, or do we really care? 
We being okay, in this I can hear Buddy's voice in my head. It's not even a thing because they can make those numbers say whatever they want to say. <laughs> <laughs> they are impressive numbers, though. I mean, when you they are very they impressive are. numbers. Yeah. Did they officially split the stock, or was that Google? I know Google uh, did. No, they were talking about it. I don't know if it was official, okay. but I think it was a seven. They're going to split it seven or something. Yep. And they just hit their highest numbers since 2012. Uh, as nice. far as uh, their their stock, yeah, their yeah, stock. I what the what the number? Yeah, was it yeah. over six hundred dollars yeah. or something like that? Right, right. Whatever it is, I'm happy it went back up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, I think we covered it on. Uh, I'm not sure if we covered it on Sarah Talk um, a story that was how Tim Cook under promises and over delivers. It's like we can't give him <laughs> too much credit now. We can't we say that he manipulated the not not the numbers, but just the. Uh, assessment of what was going to happen. So anyway, I, I love watching uh, tech blogs scramble to put whatever slant they want on Apple, whether it's good, bad, or every once in a while, it's truly unbiased. That's kind of rare, but it, it does happen Very occasionally. Yeah. Well, and this next article isn't even about a tech writer making a decision. It's the judge who decided that the consumer is the loser. I'm hearing Buddy again. When is the consumer not the loser? <laughs> <laughs> you that is that an excellent well, question, Lisa. Lisa. When is the consumer not the loser? When Never. companies are going back and forth about patent lawsuits and blah, yep. blah, blah. Of course we're the yep. loser. Well, the article made this sound like it was something new. And that <laughs> just I took it as almost like a humor piece, you know, like, wow, this is new, really? <laughs> I don't know. We all had high energy until we talked about patents, and then we're all like, oh, really? Do we have to do this anymore? So, no, we really don't have to do this anymore if we don't want to. Oh, we can move on to our next set of articles, which is all, let's figure out why Apple's buying Beats, which maybe they're not, but maybe they are, but maybe they're not. Right. <laughs> yes. But if they do, we want to be have talked about it. So, yeah. yes. Go right. ahead, John. No, I, I just like the speculation that, you know, everybody's trying to figure out why they're doing it. And you got the one end of the spectrum. It was like, it's stupid. Apple overpaid. Why are they buying this? And then you got other people saying, oh, this is the greatest thing Apple ever did. Nobody <laughs> knows why. Hey, Dr. Dre <laughs> becoming an Apple executive kind of makes my heart sing in a way that's just like, that's hilarious and awesome. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. iTunes Radio could use a little help. iTunes yeah, Radio could use a lot of help. But the question is, <laughs> are they going to buy Beats and actually utilize that improvement? Or are they going to buy right. Beats? You know, one of our articles is they're going to buy Beats so that their headphones can be more trendy. No, um, I think mm -hmm. the one that talks about yeah. wearable items is probably the yes. one that makes the most right. sense in my mind. Right. Yep. I saw one this yeah, morning, too, that the possibility that iOS 8 and the new hardware will be able to support high-definition music and that maybe the new headphones from Beats might be able to support that as well. So we are oh, okay. so far into speculation now that we're treading yeah. water here pretty seriously. I've seen a lot of speculation about the EarPods being able to measure data on your health. And wow. that just creeps me out because I picture, like, I don't know, like the switchblade ear pod where it's in your ear and all of a sudden, boom, that was just a needle into my ear. But 
Now it knows my blood oxygen saturation. I don't know. They, they scare me a little. You, 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 you know what, though, Lisa? I mean, we've entered into the world of, of sensors. So I promise you that yeah. you won't be having any needles like shot into your ear. Well, Apple stole I, my brain. I had the lawsuit. I had a YouTube video described to me in very careful detail. Where, you know, they got Siri for Christmas, and Mm -hmm. does anybody have a knife? There's an app for that, and it comes out of the side of the phone and kind of does somebody in. So, yeah, too much much YouTube, not enough sleep. Uh, (laughs) I will say that I really am in favor of us being able to monitor our own health progress. Oh, yeah. In ways that are simpler and less tedious than what we do now. Like, I have to say that one of my frustrations is that I eat almost all of my food. I shouldn't say all of it, but a good portion is from scratch. And this whole idea of me guesstimating how many calories are in the things that I eat is like nearly impossible. So it would be really neat to be able to monitor even like my vital signs or my blood pressure on a routine basis without having that weird thing that attaches to your arm or I don't know. And then the other thing I think about is like the Google project to monitor somebody's blood sugar with their tears, because Mm -hmm. I feel bad for people who are diabetic, who are constantly pricking their fingers. It just makes my heart sad. Like that. Yeah. What an awful thing to do to yourself every single day. So do you have to watch sad movies so you can cry or, or how, how do they do that? Yeah, really. No, no, no. I mean, like these are I'm the joking, natural tears. I'm actually kind of curious. No, it's, just, it's a good question. You prick yourself in the finger and that makes your tears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seriously, I've tested a glucometer when I worked uh-huh. as a rehab teacher. Right. Um, I helped beta test this glucometer. And, you know, I've had shots. I've had blood drawn. Yeah. Fine. No problem. Yeah. Pricking your finger is awful. It it, it hurts. hurts. And yeah, it does. I don't know. I've not heard sighted people go on and on about this. Right. And I don't think I'm especially a baby about it. I do wonder if it has to do with I'm using those fingers for Braille so uh, they have I more Well, and that's so. just it. Like, think I about think how much right. more sensitive our hands are yeah. in general. Yeah. Like three days later, two days later sometimes, the finger will still hurt. And it's like, there's got to be a better way. And, you know, you were talking about your blood pressure and stuff. It also makes me think of like biofeedback where they say you can slow your heart. You can change your body's responses just by being aware of them. Right. And that is visually only effective. And so wouldn't it be neat if we could actually monitor our own vital signs and make biofeedback actually useful to somebody who's visually impaired? Yeah. That would be really cool. I've written about and podcasted about, I got a Fitbit and I got it last July because I always heard, you know, you should take 10,000 steps a day. And I'm sorry, the talking pedometers, I had them for like two months and then they would die. And because I'm working from home, and I'm sitting a lot for my job, I thought I want to do this. You know, part of me thought, oh, I'm really not that bad anyway. I mean, I've got to be taking like 5,000 steps a day, you know, without really trying. And the difference between Pollyanna and reality was really (laughs) grim. Like Mm. not even a thousand, you know. And so 
just making me aware prompted a change. And so I think this can only be for good. And I don't know, you know, I was talking about, you know, your information getting into the wrong hands, but I kind of feel that at least in my case, I'd even be willing for that to happen to an extent because I feel like the benefits outweigh the drawbacks. Right. My hope is that if we get into a scenario where insurance companies are utilizing that information to discriminate, then that's when we bring lawsuits against them and play the, you don't get to spy on us. So moving from like things we think are coming to things that actually are here and uh, are actually being utilized. What about iBeacons? Maybe in Walgreens and Walmart stores, uh, they're being tested. This whole iBeacon thing kind of fascinates me a little bit. On, yeah, to it be does honest. to me too. I think it's got so much potential if it's used in ways that really, you know, like trail markers and parks and stuff like that can be used in so many different positive ways right. at airports, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the baggage claim areas and stuff like that. You know, of course, business is going to use them for, you know, pushing coupons and stuff like that. So there's just right. a lot of ways. And I think the more that these things are used, the better, because it brings a lot more high profile to the whole technology. If they're going to use iBeacons and they're going to be tracking something like my purchase history and promoting coupons while I'm in the store for things that I would actually buy, that would be really kind of neat. Because, you know, there's a lot of times when I think to myself, okay, well, if I'm at the grocery store, um, even if I'm with my partner and if we're not aware, or maybe we don't need said item that day, we don't even think to go look for it. So we wouldn't even know there was a coupon because we're not going to necessarily buy it. But maybe if there was a coupon, we would actually go buy it. I don't know. Well, that and there's just no way for a sighted person to read everything to you that's around you. Never. And they really don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, they really don't want to. And I really don't want them to. But frankly, no. there are days when I'm like, I want a website where I could literally learn what all of my options are in a grocery store. Mm. Yeah. And even if I only went like one aisle per day, just to learn like what exists would be really cool. (laughs) It would. Do you guys ever feel that way? Like you're missing out on things because you just don't know they exist? Yeah. Yeah. There's too much stuff. I mean, a sighted person just walk in and just... Look around and see this and see that and just pick things out. And we're kind of at the mercy of somebody helping us. Yeah, who you hope they know what would be of interest to you. I could talk for a long time about this, and I will do my best to give the Reader's Digest condensed version. But I think this is at the heart of issues that are important to a lot of blind people because it used to be that we had this scarcity look just at books. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you got four from the Library for the Blind a month, and even if they were stupid, you read them because it was one of your four. And now there are more books than you could possibly read in a lifetime. (laughs) And I've seen some people get really hostile. Like, why does there have to be so much? And I think it's because they can't deal with the jump from the scarcity to this just over plenty. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if we'll see some of that with iBeacons. But even so, they can't read out the information, what's available as fast as your eyes can take it in. Right. That's why I said I want a website. Costco is a great example of a place where I feel like they could 
actually publish what's mm-hmm. sold in the warehouse and they don't, which is ultimately yeah. frustrating. I'm learning slowly to ask questions that will help me, though. I mean, how many times have we been with other nice. blind people and you go into a restaurant and the server says, oh, they don't have the menu in Braille. I'll read it to you. It's pretty long. And there's always one in the group who wants them to start from the beginning. And I feel like saying, you know, you're not going to remember everything anyway. Uh-uh. So tell, tell me, me the, the categories. categories. Right. Yep. For example, a lot of places just do really different and creative appetizers. And I'm kind of a junk food junkie at heart. And I want to hear those, even if I'm not going to get them. And so, you know, I'll hear them and I may want a description of only one. But it kind right. of puts the power Not that it's a power struggle. I don't mean it that way, but it kind of puts the power of deciding what I want or what I want to hear back in my hands if I know the right questions. And how did I get from Apple to here? That's a little ominous. Um, The way the brain works, I suppose. (laughs) iBeacons. Walgreens and Walmart are using them. So look for them in your stores, really. I mean, that's, I think, the message that we're trying to send you guys. Yeah, Yeah. Walmart, it's still still experimental, but uh, they will be. Have any of you actually used them? Because I haven't. Like, Mm -mm. this doesn't even feel real to me because I haven't haven't used it. I haven't heard a demo, and I'd really like to. We will hear you squeal when one finally pops up an alert on your phone. (laughs) Like, Lisa just found an eye beacon. Either like that or it'll be hunting. like, make it stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. which. Who's following me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. Well, coming up after the break, we're going to do some spring cleaning and then take a look at what's happening in our community right here on Triple Click Home, episode 29. Looking for a cross-platform solution to quickly convert printed materials and PDFs into text, MP3, or DAISY formats? Check out Serotech's DocuScan Plus. For just $299, Use DocuScan Plus on your Windows or Mac computer. Store documents in the cloud for easy retrieval and access them from anywhere. For more information, visit www.docuscanplus.com. Welcome back to Triple Click Home for May 2014. Good to have you all with us. Once again, I'm Jamie Pauls, and with me are Alina Roberts, John Panarese, and Lisa Selling are sitting in for the ailing Buddy Brannon. You know, it's springtime, they throw the windows open, kind of sweep out all the germs and start cleaning up the yard, all that fun stuff. Do we ever take the time to clean up our iDevices? As in, how many apps do you guys have on your phone that you don't use anymore? Too many. Too yeah, many. Same and here. actually, same I here. was really proud of myself. Like over the last, I don't know, two or three months, I've deleted mm-hmm. like 50. And wow. then I got really annoyed because the other day I needed one of them back. And I was like, <laughs> and you can't I ever remember the right name that. of it. You're like, what's that app? That right. thing yeah, I exactly. had. Exactly. It's like, what the heck is <laughs> yeah. this app do again? You got to open it up and, oh, okay, I remember. But like, I think one of my goals is to, go for a couple weeks or maybe a month and not delete any apps out of my app switcher and then go through the list and say, okay, really, I need to decide what am I keeping because this is just silly. No, my phone is like the shelter for stray apps, but they're they're all in folders though. 
<laughs> yeah, I thought yes. of that after. They're yeah, all in folders, it. though. I have them in folders. Oh, it's a little obsessive. I mean, my house should be as organized as my phone because they're all in folders, and in the folders, they're alphabetized. So I may not wow. use nice. it. I may not use it for three years, but let me tell you, I can find it. And you know, impressive. Is that impressive or is that obsessive? <laughs> don't, uh, don't even want to go there. Either way. But I must say I bristled a little when the author of this article said, clean out any apps you don't or shouldn't use. And I'm right. thinking, oh. who are you to tell me what apps I shouldn't use? Uh -oh. You know, I like hitting mindless little creatures on the head with hammers or, well, like I'm thinking like a right. whack-a-mole thing, which I do not have, but you yeah. get the idea. It was right. like, yeah. okay, how is that spring was. cleaning? Get rid of all the stuff you shouldn't use. Yeah. There are a lot of mm -hmm. things I shouldn't use. My phone would be, I wouldn't have Dice World. I wouldn't have, you know. Because they're fun, but I will yeah. say that I have had scenarios where I actually did have to get rid of things because I didn't have enough space. And that was a really good wake up call to me. Like, okay, I haven't opened this app in I don't know how long. It's probably not going to happen. So we're just going to call it good. I'm like, John, when you see the name of it and you can't remember what it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just okay. had that happen because I've, I've actually started. It's funny when I read this article because I actually started putting apps in folders over the last couple of weeks just because I would be working with clients and trying to find stuff to help them. Uh -huh. I'd be like, Where the heck is this stupid mm -hmm. app? And I have to go to Siri to open it. Uh, but I'm going right. through yeah. these apps and I'm like, what the heck does that one do? When did I get that one? I kind of take nice. the backward approach. I download an app, and then I don't put it in a folder right away, and I play with it, and if I decide if I'm really going to use it. And then if I think I, I will, oh, yeah. it has some redeeming I have value. a lot of apps that are in folders that are ones mm -hmm. that I just use every single day. Yeah, but it's very yeah. streamlined. I have yeah. all my apps, except for the few I've just downloaded, you know, on one page. I really liked the backup message because yeah. I'm pretty sure... That's, That's not something a lot of people even do anymore. And you know, I rely on iCloud so much that I really oh, probably yeah. should back mine up to my Mac more. Yeah, you should always have I a do. physical well, backup. Well, I know I should. When I train yeah. my iPhone clients, I'm obviously going to talk about iCloud, but I always recommend that you physically back up your phone. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the whole idea makes, of makes confession is good for the soul. I've done <laughs> an encrypted backup of my iPhone. Because that retains nice. more. No, not nice. <laughs> it retains. No, not nice? no, no, no. Because oh, to no. get at your backup, you need the password. And I'm pretty sure I wrote it down somewhere. <laughs> mm, I have a yeah. folder on my computer that is the equivalent of if I could see, you wouldn't see my desk for all the little multicolored sticky <laughs> notes, and each one would mean something yeah. different. So I think I have the password, and when I see the backup thing, I just cringe. I'm like, must go digging, must find it, because if I don't, it's going to mean resetting and re-encrypting. And this time I'm going to have the password tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> and Braille, of course. Well, speaking of, I guess this is not relevant to Braille, but it is relevant to, like, accessible typing. Uh-huh. Flexi. Okay, I'm going to word use the word claims because I honestly still have both versions on my phone. And they actually recommend that, by the way. I read that somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. 
it actually says in the article they're still working out some kinks. I'm still using the VO option, and it's because I was having so much trouble with Flexi, even though it's been updated. So Mm. I'm not trying to yell at them, because honestly, I didn't mind that they gave us a different version. I was like, well, that's kind of weird. But you know what? It still is Flexi, so what do I care? Yeah. Have you guys had any good experiences? Because I was really struggling with typing, and I was like, this is silly. What is the problem? Well, one thing that's different, I'm on the beta team for Flexi, and so I got to see it a little bit ahead. And one thing that's different is, besides, you know, the kinks that they are working out, but the Mm -hmm. Flexi keyboard used to be larger. It used to take up more of the screen. Yes. And now, as part of the plan to incorporate it into other apps, the Flexi keyboard is smaller, and it is the size of the regular iOS keyboard. And when I'm touch-typing iOS style, I really like that small size. But for Flexi, I don't like it as much because I find I move my hands in larger increments when I'm just typing, for example, with two index fingers. But I really think if I can get used to it, I will be better off because it will improve my overall proprioception and my overall muscle memory so that it will help me get a better sense of where the keys are. It will not only improve my flexi typing, but if my uh, half-baked theory is right at all, it will also improve my touch typing. That's good to know because that was definitely one of the things I was struggling with. Was it's hard. I was like, I know okay, it, and this I'm, is where the keys should yeah, be. I know it, and I'm still struggling with it, kind of, but it does get a little easier. Also, the two-finger flick up was not working for me at all. No, it doesn't anymore. fixed. See, they need to fix their documentation. They did. It still says to do a two-finger flick I think up. they did because somebody said, you know, your documentation is old and... I kind of feel bad for these guys because they're saying, you know, we'll have this fixed in six months. And they had it fixed in three. I applaud them. Yeah. I'm not mad at Flexi at all. No. And people have even said, Flexi needs to apologize to us. And I just want to say, Flexi didn't do anything wrong. They did exactly what they said they were doing. Right. Blind people have to get over it. And actually, if anything, they should be rewarded because they put out another app that was fully usable by voiceover users. I think our community needs to pick its battles a little better. I really do. I think we get pretty hot and bothered about things that maybe we need to save our energy for something that really deserves our uh, anger and frustration. But I had a student tell me the other day that there's no such thing as the blind community. And I was like, oh my God, you are so wrong. It's not even funny. There's no such thing as the blind community. Really? I didn't didn't think that when I was in high school either. Right. You think that's what it is? You're just young and you want to be your own person and you just... No, like they felt like we didn't have a culture. And I was like, Mm. oh, no, that's not true either. Just join any blindness (laughs) list out there. Take your random list or go to an ACB or an NFB meeting. Well, and and we're not as big as the deaf community. That I understand. And we don't have that as much of a culture, I don't think, as the deaf. And sadly, when you talk about deaf people and deaf culture... There's more pride. I think sometimes when you talk about the blind community, it's like the slimy underside of whatever that you really wouldn't want to show off when company came to visit. You know, it's not really said with that same kind of pride. Well, I think part of that, Lisa, though, is the divide. 
there is, because, you know, I hate to say it, but when we created two national organizations that sometimes yep. can't agree on anything, we really did create a situation where I think a lot of us, because I don't belong to either, and I honestly feel like I'm being torn in two different directions in a lot of cases, and I don't want to side with either of them. So then I'm like this out-in-the-middle person where I'm like, you know, don't want well, to I be I think it's pretty off-putting tied. to developers who don't have a clue about that until they start working on apps for us and with yes. us. And yes. then they get caught in this right. surprise, yeah. you know? Right. And it's really disappointing because there are so many of us that are grateful and are willing yeah. to work with developers and are more than happy to help them learn. And then we get the people that just can't do anything but be upset. I've talked with my teachers about the frustration I have with our SSI model. Because on the one hand, it is something that I'm so, oh my God, grateful that I had as available to me during so many years of being unemployed and looking for work and trying my best to get myself a job. On the other hand, we start these kids on SSI when they hit 18, and then sometimes it's like they don't learn that they have to start paying for things, and it creates that sense of entitlement that I don't know how to avoid, but it's something we, like, I want some way to explain to people, look, there are certain things that we know are really hard for you to afford, so we're going to make sure that you have access to them. But on the other hand, you're still a human being and you still have the ability to do so many things. So could you please not just sit on your butt and do nothing? Right. Yeah. Well, and we even have the divide of from one country to another. I mean, oh yeah. I say divide, but it's, I mean, just like our, our next story, the fact right. that the Sendero GPS app is now available in, in the UK. I mean, there are services that we have in the US that maybe they don't have in Canada, and they may have more audio description in the UK than we have in the US. And yep. I've even seen that on Twitter. You know, it's like, wow, I wish I had that, or I wish we had that. Yeah, yeah. Rather than working together to try to maybe make these things happen for all of us. So I don't know how we, I guess, probably podcasts like this, where we encourage one another to. I don't want to sound like uh, a Pollyanna, as Lisa mentioned earlier, or the cliche, but really, I think if we uh, work together, Joe Steinkamp likes to say, a uh, rising tide lifts all boats. I, think I that's, like that's it. A good, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's true. We really do need to work together and realize that ultimately, we have the same goal in a lot of cases. Right. Sometimes we want to get there in different ways, and it's very okay for everybody to have different and valuable perspectives. However, Mm -hmm. arguing with each other and giving people who we have to interact with a bad taste in their mouth really isn't helpful. No. And I don't expect perfection because, honestly, there are days when I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to be the ambassador for all blind people right now. I really just... (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be me, and whatever that means, you guys just need to deal with it. But I'm sure you guys have all felt that way. Can I just like stop being the ambassador for blind people for one day in my life? That would be really cool. Yeah. 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 And I think we have to walk that balance of being us and being who Mm -hmm. we are, but yet realizing for better or for worse, like it or not, we do represent what is a community, whatever Mm -hmm. that means. (laughs) Yeah. I think we can define it in different ways, but I think 
most of us probably agreed that, yeah, it does exist. And, and I, if you follow, I mean, I'm on Facebook with sighted friends. I'm on Facebook yeah. with blind friends, on Twitter mostly with blind friends. And, and you, can, you can see the difference. We talk about different yep. things. Right. We're interested in different things. Indeed. Uh, Speaking of Sendero, which you alluded to, Jamie, yes. I think it's pretty great that Sendero has reached out to two nonprofit organizations and said, mm-hmm. how would you like to participate in sponsoring this application for the funding of developing it? And I think that it's pretty great that RNIB has stood up and said, you know what, we need to bring this to the UK and that's going to... Um, there's all kinds of challenges that you face when you want to get into the international waters. So um, I think they did a really good job of making that partnership and deciding that that was the way to go. And it sounds like from the review that you've posted that mm-hmm. um, it works pretty much similar, the same way the CNI does. So I think that was Yeah, their Brian Harchin was pleased with it. He found a few things that he'd like to see. Uh, work a right. little differently. We talked on Sarah Talk, the last podcast, I believe, about the fact that it's not something, it's not an app that you use with a sighted person in the same way that you would use Navigon. So my wife and I are going somewhere. I can just fire up Apple Maps or, you know, if I want to use Google Maps on my iPhone or, or Navigon, and she can benefit from that as well. The way that the Seeing Eye app basically gives information is not what a sighted person is going to expect. Nope. And um, so I think it's a good case also for why there are times we do need specific apps for us. Yes. We have this whole debate about, oh, I'm only going to use mainstream and blah, blah, blah. And and we've had this discussion on the podcast. I don't want to beat it over the head, but uh, I, I think this is a good case in point why sometimes it is a good idea to have something specifically designed for the visually impaired. Yep. But also it's interesting because I think in a lot of cases, universal design ends up benefiting a lot more people than we think it ever will. And yeah, I like Yeah, that. I'm for it when it's possible. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. So what about this forum on iMore that's basically this page that's des- dedicated to accessibility issues? I thought that was really cool uh-huh. considering that iMore is such a big name in the tech yeah. blog world for, for Apple. And this isn't just blindness specific. This is all. Right. Yeah, this is all the different uh, disabilities. It seems to cover the gamut. Yeah. Sure does. Yep. I can't picture anyone who wouldn't benefit from checking out that information. Right. And that's just it. I think that the accessibility options that are on the iPhone can be beneficial to so many people. You just have to think about it. Like, think about the fact that Winston created Voice Dream Reader. Because he was tired of reading with his eyeballs. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for goodness sake. All somebody has to do is turn triple click home on for voiceover. And then they can have it read to them. Or they can do triple click home for Zoom. And let's say they're having a really like long day and they just need some magnification on the fly. How cool is that? Like even the idea of assigning your phone as a switch. Like, what if you're a parent and you don't have the dexterity, but you could hit that thing with your hand or you could move your head to the left or right just so that you could navigate on your phone while you're trying to take care of your child? I mean, I know that's totally mm-hmm. like maybe off in left field, but we always think of things as being specific to specific disabilities and sometimes it's not. No. 
I'll tell you, one of the things that's such an important part of everything we're talking about as far as accessibility and development of apps is advocacy and professional long-term advocacy. It's one thing to yell at a developer. It's another thing to even mm-hmm. dash a quick email to someone. But right. when you do what the folks in oh, this I next loved, article have done that was awesome. to make Pro Tools accessible. Yeah, this is uh, really Slough good Hamilton article. has written an article. Kevin Reeves has been a big part of this. We've talked with him on, on a Sarah Talk podcast recently. For those who don't know, Pro Tools is a DAW, which is a digital audio workstation that studio engineers use and, and musicians use. That's an industry standard. That's if you're going to make some really serious high-end music, that's what you use. And for a long time, blind people were able to use it. And then we kind of went through the dark ages with Apple where there was no screen reader access and people were still using old versions of Apple without spoken right. that, that did work and old versions of Pro Tools. And when uh, VoiceOver came along in Tiger, Pro Tools had updated and was no longer accessible. And so the right. work began. And mm-hmm. has uh, it looks like really paid off. Well, that's a it has really paid thing. off. And I think that the reality is that communication and partnership is really what everything comes down to, right? You know, as users, we have a duty to go to these companies and actually tell them what we think of their products or give them our ideas or share with them. Like, I'm going to be honest with you guys, as an educator, there are things that come out of the American printing house that make me want to shoot myself (laughs) because I want to know who came up with the idea. Because some of them are fantastic, and then sometimes I'm like, I don't really know why this product was created, because it's not really useful, or it's got a terrible design. Why did you not make sure to test this more thoroughly? You know, it's hard to know when you think about development. I remember when NLS was working on the player, not the app, but the actual hardware. the player. And you don't think about things like, I forget the number of 100-year-old people that are still living. But it's a, right. a big number. And yeah. a lot of those are in long-term care facilities. And so Correct. they had to design a machine that would work for everyone from a young, hip, computer-savvy person to this elderly person who needed something really simple. And then along came right. the iPhone and the app. And so I've got a hardware player that I don't really use. And I feel kind right. of bad that it's just sitting. But... Um, But you're right. You always have to take into account so many factors. But I still think we all have an opportunity because we're in such a small market, especially if we're looking at assistive technology that isn't mainstream. We should really be honest with our manufacturers. How do we really feel about the design and how could we make it better for all users? Let them know. Of course, you know, once we've done all this hard work and we're all exhausted from... uh, advocating we just want to watch a good movie and it looks like solo dx maybe lives is it on. dead it's that... not dead yeah Yay. i was wondering not what dead. happened to those folks no. well they announced that they were done like a yeah. couple months ago yeah. like okay bye no wait what do you mean you're done oh gosh don't do that and then another company is it a11y Hound or something. I never Accessibility right. hound. I don't know. Thank you. Whatever it's called. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I, oh, it's just a strange name. And it's hard for me to remember it ever. It doesn't right. roll off my tongue. 
Yeah, it just says Accessibility Hound. Okay, that works for me. And it's still Hollywood Access Services and the people at Hollywood Access Services, which is really great because they've got the experience and they've got the knowledge to produce really high quality audio description. And frankly, when I think, you know, you brought up how much descriptive audio they have in Canada and the UK, like seriously, could we get some of that action here? That would be amazing. (laughs) Yes, bring it on. And honestly, I think the Brits do it so much better than we do. Lisa, what movie would you like to see described? I'm probably the worst person you should ask that of because I'm not really a big movie watcher. I read a lot more than anything. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it's more, how do I say this? It's more about overall ability. If I'm visiting my family in Harrisburg and my nieces want to go to a movie, I would love to be able to not only go with them and, you know, pay for the movie and or the popcorn or whatever, but mm-hmm. to intelligently discuss what's going on. Yeah. You know, if there's a TV on, the show I want to watch is the one that grabs my attention and makes me think, I wonder what's going on there. So it's not so much a particular movie as it is uh-huh. the time, the atmosphere, what's going on at the time. Is it available? Right. Is it just a given? Because as I've gotten a little older, I've turned into the kind of blind person I swore I would never be. And <laughs> these were people who didn't really watch TV because they yeah. just didn't care. But I find that watching TV takes a lot more work than it did when I was a kid because, and even when I was a younger adult, like in my 20s, because there's more going on and there's less mm-hmm. being described. Oh, I agree. That's true. Let me just tell you how much I love those Sunday night movies, okay? Do they even do those? Probably not. But they're like two hour long movies. And the whole way through, you're going, so far, so good. I got it. I got it. I got it. And the last (laughs) 20 minutes is music. And I just, you know, you do I was actually going to say, there's so many shows that I've watched over the years where if I don't have a sighted person in the room, it's inevitable. They do this montage at the end of the freaking show. And you're like, (laughs) I have no idea what's going on. This is making me crazy. Oh, my God. I'm missing something critical because they... They almost always make it critical. <laughs> and you yeah. watch enough of those, and eventually you either decide, I don't care, I'll make up my own ending, or you just say, you know what, I give up. I'm going to read a book. I mean, I watched a <laughs> yeah. show recently that a friend described yeah. for me, and it was only, like, with commercials, you know, the whole yeah, yeah, actual yeah. show was 45 minutes. And uh-huh. she said, so what did you think? And I said, I think that was a waste of a perfectly good plot. That could have been a fantastic book, and they wasted it on a 45-minute TV show. So, yeah, I'm one of those. I got to go to Regal and watch Rio 2 and finally get to have a chance to have the descriptive audio in my ear. And actually, Mm -hmm. because I'm almost always watching movies with somebody who's sighted, it was really awesome for me to have that in my ear and be able to listen to the movie in the other ear because they honestly describe things before they happen on screen. Because sometimes you have right. to. Like, there's just yeah. no time. Right. <laughs> and I personally so, like true. laughing at the same time everyone else is yes. laughing. That, that, that right. does it for me. You know, yeah. there's nothing like somebody describing a comedy. 
and everyone is right. laughed and it's quiet and you're like, oh, ha, ha. And it's like, oh, oh okay. What happened? Oh, yeah, they, yeah. yeah. It really is fantastic to have that opportunity of being able to understand what's going on. And I honestly would say that for action movies, especially having a description makes my movie watching experience actually meaningful as opposed to me just being frustrated. Oh, there's another fight scene. Do you know who's winning? No. Oh, okay. No. A lot of yelling and grunting and groaning. So someone's getting hurt. Well, and I love when they get really descriptive. That person just punched that guy in the nose. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully we'll see a lot more things from Solo Do X. Absolutely. And maybe someday all of the seasons of Criminal Minds will be described. And my wife and I can uh, watch the marathon that we like to do occasionally together. That would be. I would. I mean, we watch it together anyway with description. That would be cool. So, does anyone know about this new, yet another Braille entry method for iOS? I tried it yesterday and I don't like it. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah. Please tell me because I've. I'm looking for the perfect solution. I was hoping that this would be it, but I guess it's not. (laughs) Perk input, as it's called. Okay. Here's my thing, John. You have to enter each dot individually. So if I want the letter B, I have to put my index finger down and then my ring finger down. And then if I want the letter R, I have to do my index, middle, ring, and then my middle. And I just want something that's going to actually mimic me typing on a Perkins Brailler or a Braille Note or my Braille display. And I just don't know if the iPhone is a big enough screen, frankly. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. I have not played with it, but... I haven't either. I've just not been happy with any of the solutions. But, you know, good on more developers putting out Braille apps. That's cool. I'm all about us having options. And I really want us to be encouraging our young people, especially... To actually be using Braille. Yeah. So. I can see where it would have uses for particular people, you know, if you only have one hand. Well, yeah. If you only have one hand, then this app Mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah. So thank you, Lisa, because that's really important. I'm not a big fan of Braille input apps anyway. No, I'm not either. I just find they don't translate well for me. Now, I know there are people who use them like a ninja, but for me... They don't translate well onto the touch screen, and then having to hold my phone and do the braille, my wrists get really sore pretty quickly. So I never could do the backwards, like the phone facing backwards thing. That doesn't work for me at all. I just know my brain doesn't get it. <laughs> it takes yeah. a while. Like my brain gets it, but then every time I do it, my brain has to get it all over again. It, it seems <laughs> to have braille Alzheimer's or something. Right, whereas when you sit in front of a Braille display or a Braille note or a Birkins, then you're golden because it's the same six keys and the same configuration and everything's great. Yep. Well, how about we take a little break? I'll talk to you about a really cool little guitar tuning app I found. We'll take a look at the mailbag and then we'll wrap things up here on Triple Click Home 29. Accessibility or A11Y refers to how software or hardware combinations are designed this is to make so the system boring. accessible to persons We with don't have to learn this stuff, do we? We're just designing a website. Well, the UN estimates that there are over a billion people with disabilities in the world right now. 
That's a huge market, and those people need access to what we have. So, yeah, actually, we do need to learn this stuff, just not like this. Woohoo! I just got my new computer, got my screen reader going, got my software installed. Now I just need to complete this big project using all this software I've never used before. No worries, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, maybe not so much. I really should have gotten some training on this stuff, but how? For situations like these, we need the Accessibility TV Network, delivering the best affordable video, audio, and text-based training for design professionals, accessibility experts, assistive technology trainers, and users. In order to finance the creation of the infrastructure for this network and develop courses, EasyFire LLC is creating a crowdfunding campaign, and you can be a part of it. Get in early on this exciting opportunity to remake training as we know it. Accessibility TV, or A11Y TV, will create a subscription-based network that will provide you with searchable, relevant, and affordable courses suited for your needs. Delivered via the web or mobile app, these courses will be designed and presented by industry-leading experts. The Accessibility TV Network will make sure that you understand the needs of people with disabilities no matter what job requires you to serve their needs. Or, as trainers or individuals with disabilities, you will have the latest resources you need to be the most independent you can be. The funds from this campaign will go to pay the highly qualified professionals who will deliver the best training experience you can find. And, by participating in this campaign, EasyFire has designed rewards so that you can receive the best benefits of your early support. You'll be able to tell us what training needs you have. Find courses on popular assistive technologies and how to use them with the software or websites you want to visit. As trainers, use the material to create and teach your own courses. Take as many courses as you want after the launch. Have access to video, audio, or text. Evaluate yourself to make sure you've learned the skills you need. Earn continuing education credits. Contribute now and double your subscription when Accessibility TV launches in the spring. For example, pay for a year, get an extra year free. This is a great idea and all, which means it's going to be really expensive, right? Wrong. How about the ability to view all courses for assistive technology users, have access to mobile apps and the mobile website, plus access to written, video, or audio course material for just $70 a year. And remember that when you contribute now, you get double what you pay for. That means a two-year subscription when the service launches in the spring for a contribution of $70. To view all our subscription options and to make your contribution, visit www.a11y.tv. That's a11y.tv. Or visit www.accessibility.training. Hey everyone, this is Jamie Pauls, and today I'd like to talk to you about a very simple app called Talking Tuner. It's an app that I use to tune my guitar when I do music therapy. I do have a pitch pipe as well, but I really like the app because it's kind of easy to just put the phone on my knee, get a reference note, and then I usually just tune the guitar to itself. Today we may actually go through the process of tuning each string and see how close it is when we're done, how accurate this thing is. So, 11, I have Unlock. slowed the speech down, and we Unlock. will unlock the phone. And we will open the app. Okay, so it's telling me the last note that I played, 
and what the status of that note was. I'm going to turn the phone so that the microphone is pointing toward the guitar, and I'm going to tune the bottom E string, or play the bottom E string. Note, E is 10 cents flat. So it's 10 cents flat. Let me bring it up just a little bit here. Note, E is 5 cents flat. Note, E is 5 cents sharp. 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 Note, E is in tune. Alright, so it says it's in tune. Let's try A. Note, A is 5 cents flat. Note, A is 5 cents sharp. Note, A is 5 cents sharp. Note A is five cents sharp. Note A is five cents sharp. Note A is five cents flat. Note A is five cents flat. Note A is five cents flat. Note A is in tune. Note D is in tune. Note, G is 5 cents flat. Note, G is 10 cents sharp. Note, G is 10 cents sharp. Note, G is 5 cents flat. Note, G is in tune. Note, B is 5 cents flat. Note, B is in tune. Note, E is in tune. If I play the two E's together, then if I tune the guitar to itself... Note, E is 5 cents flat. Let me make it be quiet for a second. I don't want it to do that anymore. Close the app, lock the phone. We'll check this out. G is always not right on this guitar. Perfect. 
I don't have perfect pitch. If I did, I suppose I wouldn't need a tuner. As I said, I would probably normally use it um, to just tune the guitar, tune a string, and then tune the rest of it to itself. I um, have a good enough ability to hear pitches to, to do that. And I find it to be a little tedious when I tune it each note at a time, but as I watch sighted people use tuners, I find that they have uh, similar issues. So it works. It works pretty well. I don't recall whether this app is free or very, very low cost, but if it costs anything, it's almost nothing, like maybe 99 cents or something like that. Let's go back into the app. Talking tuner. Note, E is 5 cents flat, 82.2 hertz. That was the last note I played. If I flick right... Speaks the closest note name in English. Button. Press to speak the last note in frequency measurement, if any. Sense are units of one hundredth of a semitone. So it can tell me frequencies, if I prefer. Auto speak. Enable automatic speaking. Switch button. On. When on. Speaks the last note name and tuning as soon as the sound ends. Double tap to toggle setting. Current sound level equals 2.4. A measurement of the current microphone input sound level. Sets the input volume level needed for sound detection and tuning. 3.0. Adjustable. Swipe. Tuning sound threshold equals 3.0. See help and information. Button. Hot Hot Talking Music Tuner. All right, so let's, um, actually just for the fun of it, let's turn off voiceover. Voiceover off. And let's, um, play a note. Note. E is five cents sharp. Okay, so we just get the default. Um, voice, as I kind of thought we probably would. There may be other apps that do the same thing, and if so, then please feel free to share them. We'll put a link to this particular app in our show notes, and you can go check it out or just search for Talking Tuner on the App Store. Reporting for the Triple Click Home Podcast, I'm Jamie Pauls. We're back here on episode 29 of Triple Click Home. Glad you're still with us. Hope that you have enjoyed what we've had to say so far. We've certainly enjoyed talking about many, many topics. Some we plan to talk about, some we really didn't. But you know, sometimes that makes some of the most enjoyable podcasting when you just can just be yourself and be honest and just talk from your heart. Speaking of talking from your heart, however, we have a uh, a lot of feedback this time around. We're going to highlight some things. So let's open up the mailbag. No eye reports this time around, um, but we do have some some great emails. Greg Woker says, hey, everybody, uh, you guys really outdid yourself this year. Nearly fell off the couch when I started listening to, uh, you know, that Android show or to Triple Click Home done by the Android show team and then vice versa. That Android show done by the triple click home team. It was a little surprising to me how many people didn't figure out that that was an April fool's stunt. We didn't spell it out in the, you know, specifically, but we kind of did because at the end of um, that Android show, I made the joke about, you know, check out John Panarese's Mac for the blind to learn everything about Android. So we did kind of tease that it was a joke, but, uh, Gosh, some some people. Uh, hey, you know, guys, lighten up a little. We we had just had a little fun and uh, get a sense kind of, of switched roles there. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. April Fools. Yeah. That's the whole. That and the whole I want to say to the hosts of that Android show that they did a very good job. Oh yeah, so they did. I'm not really Absolutely. sure why you guys are complaining, and I'm going to say for myself and Buddy and John 
that we did a fantastic job, especially since I almost know nothing about Android. I think we did a very good job of discussing Android and presenting it to you guys in a professional and meaningful manner. And if you have a problem with that, then, you know, you Wait till next year and see what we do to you. Yeah, now we'll, now we'll <laughs> really get to right. you next time. Yeah. yeah, if you got mad at us for having two very serious podcasts that were done professionally, yeah. maybe that yeah. you're just asking for us to do something even meaner. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what lurks in the mind of the Sarotech team? The shadow knows, and he's not telling. That's right. Yeah, the shadow knows, and he had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Got a couple of emails from Tony. First, he liked the snappy pace and the review drop-ins and wanted to know if maybe we would do more of that. Well, absolutely. We will take all constructive uh, feedback. And yeah, more reviews are coming. More interviews are coming. Try to keep things moving. Kind of keep you guys guessing as to what we've got uh, planned. We don't want to be too predictable or too familiar. So we're always changing things up. But thanks for letting us know what you like. Also, Tony wants to know, what's all this stuff about closing apps? Do I really need to do it? What happens if I don't do it? Alina, you want to kind of address that one a little bit? So think of closing apps as the same thing as when you quit out of program on your computer. I only close apps for a couple of reasons. One reason is that they're not responding or behaving properly. And that can be for all kinds of reasons. They're all software related and that's above my head. So don't ask me what those reasons are. But in my opinion, if something's acting funky then I'm going to close it. Or my favorite is the ones where they crash and then you're back on your home screen and you're like, wait, what? And you try to open it and it won't open. So then I close them because sometimes your system needs for you to actually shut down the application. Like literally tell it, okay, you're no longer in memory. You're now in the background. I can launch you, but you have gone to sleep and you you are not there or you're you're there but you're not there whereas if you don't close them then they are there they're just sleeping and happy to be ready for right. you they stay in the app them. switcher that's why yes. they call it the app switcher exactly the other reason to close an app is if it's running oh, yeah. on mm-hmm. gps uh, yes and once you get to your destination if you don't close said application and then you come back to your battery and suddenly it's like <laughs> half of what it was when uh-huh. you walked in the door. Yeah. Uh, that's why, because you kept a GPS running application in the background and it's sucking your battery life. I actually have kind of gone to both ends of the pendulum as it involves cleaning out the app switcher. I used to be uh-huh. obsessive with a capital O about doing it. Multiple times a day, you know, if I used an app, I would clean it out. Oh, I know, I know. Well, I've also heard of customers who say, you know, and I I have some private iPhone students and they say, you know, I can't get apps to open on my iPhone. And then you have them go into the app switcher and you find out they have 60 things in there. (laughs) I also had heard that cleaning out the app switcher can save you battery life. Yes. And then I saw this great... Yeah. And that, I think, is, as Alina said, really the case with GPS apps. But then right. I saw this great article, and I'm thinking you guys discussed it last month. I'm not sure. Okay. But it was all about preserving your iPhone's battery. Right. 
<laughs> if you didn't, you should. There, I, there's another buddy moment. <laughs> right, right. But I think you did. But they were saying, don't be stupid about cleaning out your app switcher. You know, you don't have to do it constantly. That sometimes relaunching those apps uses more battery and more processor power than just letting them sit. Right. So what I find I do, at least for me, it's kind of a happy medium, is I will go through the app switcher at night okay. and I'll clean it out. And I mean, I remember thinking, oh, if I close clock, it won't wake me in the morning. Or if I close my phone, it won't <laughs> ring. No, you know, some things just work no matter what right. you do to them. But I find that for me, once a day really is kind of a nice sort of a happy medium if such a thing exists. Okay. All right. You guys yeah. should also be aware that even though they're in the background, this is actually something really important to go through your settings and check what apps are actually right. being refreshed mm-hmm. in the background. Because that is also a giant battery suck. And if you don't need it to do that, then you need to let the iPhone know, hey, please stop. I don't want you to do that I have done the automatic updating since iOS 7 that I'm thinking about shutting that off. Just because there are times when apps don't want them to update. For accessibility reasons, especially. Right. Or if you just plain have control issues. Do you guys have a weather app that you can recommend as we sit here? Because Weatherbug is no longer accessible Menu unless somebody weather. sets it up for me. And then the Weather Channel just got updated Menu and weather now it's try. broken completely. Okay. Menu Weather. And Weather Office. Okay. They have a free and a paid. Okay. And I don't know why IMAP Weather okay. or IMAP Weather Radio, okay. I believe it's yeah, called. Good options there. Well, finally, we have an email from Janine Stanley, who also enjoyed the reviews. She played with a couple of apps that she hadn't played with before. And she asked the question, do you have any unfun hosts on the Sarah Talk Podcast Network? Well, no, we don't. And if we ever get one, we'll boot them off. So just telling you right now. Unfun. Why would we want fun, not fun hosts? We would not allow it. I'm telling you. No, we don't want to be twins. Oh, oh, did I say that? Oh, ouch. Mm. Sorry. There are seriously people on the Twit Network where I'm like, you get paid, I don't know how much money, to do the job you're doing right now. And I'm really, really irritated by the fact that you're just sitting there with this frown on your face. (laughs) (laughs) But Cutting the apple with a razor edge, you have reached the Triple Click Home Podcast. (laughs) No. I mean, Peter was the most unfun we had, but he was still fun. He was a lot of fun. Pete was a... Oh, he, yeah. He was a, he's a lot. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. Miss Pete. Resources at serotalk.com is how you get a hold of us. By email, we'd love to hear from you. Leave a blog comment at www.tripleclickhome.com. Also, check out the show notes while you're there because we link to everything that we talk about or, as well, most everything we talk about. Sometimes we really cover a bunch of apps in a hurry, but most of the major things we, yes. we link to. Go to iTunes and rate the podcast. Give it a really positive review, if you would, please. That's what we would prefer. Also, an iReport is most welcome on iBlink Radio using your iOS device or your Android device. You can use either one with our wonderful iBlink Radio app. And finally, along with following us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash triple click home. And now, really finally, you can call the Blab Line 
22. Nice. And speaking of Twitter, the last I knew, we were in the 9,000 range. So we were close to, t- we are close to 10,000 followers. That's, that's I can't lot. even say that with a straight face. It just boggles my mind. But really? We are so grateful. I remember when we were trying to get to 2,000 and 3,000. Yeah, right. No kidding. It's pretty amazing. Do we get a free prize from Twitter at some point or probably not? Mm. They probably just, yeah. just cool. thank us for our patronage. And it would be. I'm not sure what it would be, but, you know, I'll take it, whatever it is. <laughs> Present? Free? Yeah, I'll take it. My favorite flavor. Free, free, free. So I don't know how I feel about this next article because I want my Apple TV to be my cable box, Interesting honestly. why your iPhone might be better than the Apple TV. Well, so here's the kind of the takeaway from this. A lot of networks, TV stations are offering their own apps, and you can watch content, but when right. you read this article... You kind of got to jump through some hoops, like be a cable subscriber, whatever. Yeah. To, have an accessible and you have app. to have a bunch of different apps and hope they're accessible, right? You do have to have a bunch of different yeah. apps. I got the Comedy Central app being really excited mm-hmm. that I was going to be able to watch The Daily Show on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Nope. Oh. I can access the show information. I can access the episode information. And when I click on it, nothing happens. Oh. I remember being so excited when I could use Amazon Instant Video to watch movies and TV shows and stuff. And now, oh, wouldn't that be nice to have that back? That would be wonderful. Please, Amazon, give us that back. May I refer you back to that article on spring cleaning Uh your iPhone? (laughs) Getting rid of all those unused apps that I wish I hadn't auto updated. Yeah. 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 This article sounds like a lot of trial and error, though. It might work with your cable subscription. It might not. They're not even adding the accessibility layer on top of all of that, the voiceover accessibility. If you're an Optimum subscriber here on the East Coast, don't bother because their app was broken. It was really accessible when it first came out and really wonderful. I used to change the stations on my nephews when they'd be watching their cartoons. I'd stand in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> went my back to the to the den and, and change the station on him and they'd be how did the TV oh, John, change? You're such how a did the TV change? dog, man. <sighs> There's a ghost That's in awful. my television. That's right. I turn on and go, how did that happen? There's lots of things to say about Comcast that are probably not very positive, but I gotta say that their commitment to accessibility seems to be a little bit higher than a lot of the other cable companies. Mm. So that's pretty cool. We also should remember that, according to the feds, they don't have a lot of time to figure out this whole accessible cable box thing. So right. hope that they've got a plan. Indeed. And maybe a new Apple mm-hmm. TV in the fall. Who knows? It looks like uh, Apple employees are now switching to the iPhone for quick pay instead of the iPod Touch. Is it because that the iPod's sense. going That's away, Alina? Or is it just because that what John just said makes sense? It does it make sense. sense. And no, I don't think I, the iPod Touch is going anywhere. No, I don't think so either. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, this article kind of threw that possibility in there, but I don't know that they really seriously no, dwelt well, on it. And just, yada, yada. Yeah, no, they got to toss it in More there. speculation in Apple world. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> we make a living speculating. But actually, Apple Store employees make a living selling products. So that's probably, uh, and uh, these right, uh, exactly. things are accessible, right? For many, there are several blind uh-huh. Apple employees around the country. Yes. yes. Good deal. And the iPod Touch is oftentimes what gets chosen for students who are blind. Although at this point, I think the iPad Mini is a better option. Ah. From a perspective of all the education apps that are available only on the iPad. Hmm? That's mm-hmm. a good point. 
You know, I remember you hear, hearing you say that on a Triple Click Home podcast because you were talking kind of, yay, iPad, and I'm thinking, yeah, okay, why should I, as a totally blind person, care yep. about the iPad? And then when right. you said that, I kind of went, ah, oh, that's why, especially yep. in the educational arena. And I know there are some apps that are only for the iPad. I think if I were using maps in a serious way, I would want a little right. more screen real estate. And at least oh, the mini yeah. seems like somewhat of a compromise. The mini is a total compromise, Lisa. Yeah. It's pretty great as far as that yeah. whole giant screen thing goes. When I'm working with our kids at Washington School for the Blind and they hand me their iPad, I just do the, yeah. oh, right. It's really, really big. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. It is a whole different world. I have an iPad Air (laughs) that I I honestly haven't used a lot yet, but it is a whole different creature. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about this last article, Jamie. This whole life without a smartphone. Yeah, my life without a smartphone. This is an interesting article that I think sighted people and visually impaired people are going to have a completely different take. I agree with the points in this article that if we're not careful we can just become compartmentalized in a crowd and just be engrossed in our eye devices yes. and our smartphones and You're not already seeing it happen. Yes. People sitting on trains and mm-hmm. buses and everybody's got their, their text thing, they're checking their Facebook. Right. I read a great article the other day in The Atlantic called Teaching High Schoolers What It Means to Have a Conversation. Because yeah. this teacher was like, I don't know what to do with all of you because we need to get these projects done. So I'm going to have to do group work and then I'm going to have to teach you how to have a conversation with one another. Really? You all are in high school and you can't talk? Oh, we don't talk anymore, Miss Teacher. We text one another. Well, guess what? For all intensive purposes, we have made a lot of changes in how we communicate because of technology. But you still need to know how to communicate with people. That is still a thing. Like, <laughs> for real. Yep. But the visually impaired community doesn't, we have a little different uh, situation because we rely so much on these devices. Oh, legitimately. I know. So yeah. for us, yeah. especially. Legitimately. And I've even been you know, self-conscious. It's like, if I go to a restaurant with friends and I pull the menu up on my smartphone, are they going to think I'm being rude? And how do I have that conversation and right. just explain, hey, this is I'm looking at a menu here, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't know, Jamie, because, I mean, on the one hand, maybe that's really all we need to say. Oh, sorry, guys, I have my earphones in, and it's really just so that I can yeah. look at the menu. And honestly, it is so fast to look at a menu on my iPhone. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is awesome. It's great. I can even look at the menu before I leave right. the house. And then I show up at the restaurant and I already know what I want to order. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. And if you're trying to watch the choices that you make, it kind of can help you oh, yeah. avoid sure. impulsive choices. Right. I really liked this article a lot. Not because I even want to imagine my life without a smartphone, but because it takes kind of ordinary things and makes you think about them in different ways. My favorite part of the article was a few words that she wrote, and they were, inconvenience breeds resourcefulness and curiosity. And, you know, I think that's something that 
people don't even have anymore this kind of memory, this sequential memory, like, okay, if I'm going here, I need to remember to bring dot, dot, dot. the mm-hmm. address mm-hmm. with me, mm-hmm. et cetera. I think it does allow us to be a bit more scattered. And I think, you know, she was talking about looking up the name of an actor or actress in a movie. And I think it's good for us to stretch our brains by not always having that curiosity satisfied immediately. Right. Would I give up my smartphone to have more curiosity? Probably not. But that doesn't mean it's the best choice. Well, and for us, would I give up my smartphone if it meant that I no longer had access to the amount of information that I have now? No, I wouldn't because it really has changed the world for people like us where we can suddenly relate. I love the fact that if somebody recommends a book to me now, you can get it. There is actually a likelihood that yeah. I'll find it in an accessible yeah. format. That is exciting yes. to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's a cool thing. Somebody that I know of was publishing a book uh-huh. and it was due out today. Yeah. Now, five, seven years ago, okay, well, maybe it'll be on audio or if I have the time and the patience, uh-huh. I'll get it and I'll, I'll scan, scan it. it. And this is a huge bummer because if you order it ahead of time, you get these pre-publication bonuses. Right. Well, I ordered this ahead of time and I got the pre-publication bonuses. And this morning on the release date, I get an email from Amazon. Depending on your settings, your new book is either in your library or it has been delivered Mm. to your Kindle. Voila. Yeah. I mean, that's That's fantastic. Fantastic. It's a whole new world, guys. It really is just amazing. And, and I, I think you're right, Alina. Yeah. We just need to be honest with our sighted friends and family. I mean, because I will often say, guys, I've got one earbud in so I can just isolate speech so I, I can hear it. And I think people are fine with that. Right. As long mm-hmm. as you oh, yeah. just explain. But yeah. John, would you give up your phone? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, I'm not the type of person who's always doing stuff on right. the phone, but it's right. too valuable a thing to give up. Yeah. It's too much yeah. of a tool for us. Right. I mean, I'm not the person yeah, who's is. texting and Facebooking and everything right. else all the time. I just don't. It's just not yeah, what right. I do. But by the same token, when I need to use it for a specific reason, it's mm-hmm. there. I'll tell you what, when you're lost and you can access what freaking intersection <laughs> you're at. <laughs> That's right. right. Yep. Yep. Pretty awesome, especially when there are no people around, and you're like, "Well, I know that my traffic." I'm all alone, but I have my phone. I'm pretty sure I turned left on this, and therefore I'm not lost. (laughs) Well, I am, but yes, I won't be for long. (laughs) (laughs) I once was lost, but now I'm found because my GPS has made the sound that lets me know. (laughs) (laughs) That was so. Off the cuff, it was ah, scary. Thank you. That thank was you good. Very, much. <laughs> very nice. No Jamie. more rhyming, I promise. No more poetry for the evening. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably time we draw this podcast to a close. Let's go eat something, get something to drink, just kind of relax and chill out. And uh, wh- wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever the time of day it is, eat something just because we are. Okay. Right. That's right. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like to thank all of you, Lisa. Alina and John for joining me tonight. Send Buddy a, an email or a tweet saying get well. Of course, by the time you hear this, so he will be, well. but that's okay. He can yes. use the get well anyway. 
and that we missed you. That would actually be better. That's right. We're going to come to you pretty soon in June because WWDC is the first week in June. We'll get the Apple keynote. We'll find out what really is going to happen, or at least some of what's going to happen. And we'll come back yes. and we will Tell summarize, you all about it. theorize, and basically be wrong. That's, <laughs> yes, that as well. <laughs> Alina, how can they follow you on Twitter? No, I'm not very active these days, but if you still want to follow me on Twitter, because student teaching has like consumed my entire life, uh, you can follow me at twitter.com slash blindperspective. That's B-L-I-N-D-P-E-R-S-P-E-C-T-I-V. Miss Lisa? I am also not terribly active on Twitter. People find this oddly amusing, I guess, but I'm far less verbose on Twitter than I am in person. But if you would like to follow me there, you can do so. My Twitter name is L-I-S-A-S-A-L-I. Those are both S's as in Sam. It's just the first eight letters of my name. It messes with people's heads far more than I thought it would be. (laughs) Would? (laughs) That was either an accident or a side benefit. I like how you're Lisa Ali for my screen reader. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, Lisa Ali. Okay, yeah. It says everything from Lisa Sally to Lasassily, depending yes. on the Yes. Oh, Lasassily. Oh, That's Lasassily. what it says. That's right. Lasassily, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I took a, how about I'm, you, Jamie? J- how can they follow you? Jemaya Pauls. Jemaya Pauls. Yeah. Jemaya. Uncle Jemaya Pauls. Yeah. Jemaya Pauls on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I have not been particularly verbose either, although. I give the excuse, and Lisa can also have the excuse. She uh, is very often the impetus behind the Sarah Spectives Twitter feed, and I am the force behind Sarah Talk for better or hopefully not for worse. So when it's just me, you know, off the clock, I don't want to talk on Twitter much. (laughs) So, uh, but I I do some. So Jamie Paul's also I'm on Facebook. If you uh, hit me up there, I just might follow you back. John, how verbose are you on Twitter? Not at all these days. I was trying to tweet some stuff over the weekend, and I realized that I was tweeting to the wrong account. So oh, it shows, no. you, shows you how often I tweet. I use... But he's twitter.com slash Mac. For the blind, yeah. Ask him any Android question you want. That's right. Mac. I will answer <laughs> any kind. And yes. you guys should follow twitter.com slash triplecomb so that we can hit 10,000 followers by the time we hit talk to you next month. See you in June, everyone. Take care. <laughs>